Experience the best 24 hours of racing action and entertainment at the legendary Ladbrokes Cox Plate Carnival. It's spring after dark on Ladbrokes Cox Plate Eve with a night of fun under lights headlined by the Ladbrokes Mooney Valley Gold Cup. Plus, ARIA award-winning DJ Will Sparks will keep the party going after the races. Then Saturday, it's a massive day of Group 1 racing headlined by Australia's best race, the Ladbrokes Cox Plate. Friday 27th and Saturday 28th of October. Tickets from just $30. Book now at coxplate.com.au. What are the horses to follow? The forgetful runs, the stories on Racing Pulse. Bring on David Gately. Uh, David Gately is our man, and uh, it was a Caulfield Cup day to remember, especially for those who are eagle. Eagle-eyed is not right. What? What's? What do we have an analogy for? For those who have great hearing, and I'll ask David Gately that. For those who. Remember what our Spring Carnival preview panel were tipping, the long forecast, because it was a very good day for those punters. David Gately was very keen, early doors on the Caulfield Cup winner without a fight, and he might even have a sneaky little double going for the RSN listeners who wanted to follow him into Romantic Warrior. Gator, how was your cup day? Uh, hello, Michael and, and punters. Um, it, was a, it was a fabulous day's racing. I thought the track played really well. I know nine of the ten winners sort of either led or raced handy, but I thought the track played well. Uh, the Corku Cup itself was a serious test of endurance. Uh, they went about 13 lengths above Group 1 average for the first section. I went back and had a look at the race the last time it was run on a dry track. So it was Murder Glass, 2019, beat the Melbourne Cup winner, Vaughan Declare, and the first 1,800. This field would have been in front of that field, by some 22 lengths with 600 to run. So uh, a serious test of endurance. And what does it do? It advantages the best athletes. And look, they ran one, two, three. You saw a horse like Montefilio gassed um, when she was probably the best run in the race last year when it was off a much softer tempo. So it just shows you um, what a tempo does. Um, it does really bring out the chinks in your armour, doesn't it, if, if, you're not, um, if, you, if you've got a weakness. See, most punters would say we love that. We want to see yeah. solidly run races with the, the best horses, the strongest horses finishing in the top places. But it's almost you sacrifice those horses who are on speed who... If you have a look at the, the margins, most of them have finished, you know, between 10 to 15, 20 lengths behind the actual winner. So yeah. there was an SMS saying, we don't do it here in Australia, but was Saturday's Caulfield Cup another indication to say we should have some pacemakers in our racing? It's funny, I, th- I thought the same thing. Um, and if we're voting, which we aren't, um, I'm, I'm voting yes. So... Uh, you know, I just uh, I think it would really help punters, to be honest. Certainly horses like Riff Rocket wouldn't have been beaten. Um, oh, wow. Because, well, it, it just advantages the inferior athlete, a slow speed. That's all it does. I mean, I can keep up with, uh, you know, who's the world champion 10,000 metre runner? Oh, we'll go with Bold because he's an Aussie. <laughs> no, he's a marathoner, isn't he? But he, I mean, he could probably run it really fast. <laughs> but, uh, um, yeah, so I could keep up with Bowl if he's jogging, but if he puts his foot down, I can't. And that's the best analogy I can come up with. Uh, Riff Rocket. Uh, we'll get there in a moment because I want to get your assessment on that race. But uh, out of the cup, as we said, uh, the cream rose to the top. What do you do with a horse like Sulcum, Gator? Well, um, look, missing the start that badly, it just makes it... I mean, it's already a handicap. And he's handing him, handicapping himself uh, again, isn't he? I mean, if you look at like a, um, a stall gift and those sort of mm. you can't just give away the starts unless you're um, uh, Kathy Freeman, who beat him anyway. But um, 
Yeah, so that's that's what he's done. What he did do is recover and was actually just off the trifecta at about the 500 metre mark. Now they left him behind at that point of the race. He's six. He's four to the 200 split, ranked sixth in the race, whereas the trifecta ran, ranked one, two, three, and that's the time you need to be quickening. And he wasn't. Uh, he was strong late, last 100 metres, lovely work, but by then, you know, the race is over, and five and a half lengths margin off the winner. Is significant. He was still three lengths off Gold Trip in second, you know, and he carried five kilos less than that horse. So, uh, what does that tell you? If he can't accelerate and he can't jump cleanly, he's got a little problem. But he gets to 3,200 metres, Flemington, big track, he'll stay. He's got the endurance uh, aspect to him. So, he's in the conversation for that race still. Um, absolutely, he is. Gold Trip news this morning is it's more likely than not he will. Uh, compete in the Cox Plate once again this weekend on road to a Melbourne Cup. Uh, that run on Saturday, he was giving without a fight three kilos. Obviously, today we're awaiting to hear what penalty, if any. I, I would envisage there will be a penalty because it was such a, a, a yep. solid race. Maybe half a kilo, maybe a kilo. 58 and a half for Gold Trip on that run in the Caulfield Cup. Are you confident he can carry that weight and turn the tables in a Melbourne Cup? Well, I think Gold Trip at this stage of their careers is simply a better 3,200 metre horse. So, again, looking at the human analogy, I mean, um, you know, there's plenty of uh, outstanding uh, five and ten kilometre runners that are humans, and they can't they get to a marathon trip and they they're just not as effective. They're just not built that way. And I think Gold Trip's a better endurance athlete uh, than without a fight. So, I think he's he's a stronger horse at the trip. So, I think he does turn the tables. All things being equal, um, in the big one. Gee, I thought, uh, I didn't see Bois de Jean, um running such a, a bottler for fourth. And even Right You Are ran above my expectations of how he would perform. And I, I believe they're keen to press on to a Melbourne Cup. Is he a horse that could finish top five in a Melbourne Cup, do you think? Well, he's, he's from that um, that stable that uh, have been able to do that with their second-level stage the last couple of years. I think they had a place getter last year, didn't they? Um, the Mayor. And the year before, they had fighting artists. Yeah, high motion, and year before, floating artist ran fourth, I think. So they're certainly um, competitive with their second level stage. He did a good job on Saturday, so did Bardajet, because they were closer to that really fearsome speed. Um, they were probably helped by the fact Valley and King and Breakup and Sulcum had other excuses. Those three horses raced tight the last hundred uh, or missed the start. So I think all things being equal, they're behind those three horses, but still really good effort given they had to chase that hot speed. Just on breakup, what did you make of, of his run from a Melbourne Cup perspective? Look, I think it was a sound effort given um, pre-race. You know, I think I had him in my pecking order about sort of eight. He actually ran eight. <laughs> I just looked at that now. But he, <laughs> um, but I, what I said in the comments was I, I think he's going to be a more 30-tonne metre horse. And that's the way it looked. He straightened up with the runner-up, West Wind Blows, and they get by him. Now, he battled on well. Um, and I think just he looks more an endurance beast, doesn't he? So uh, he'll get to 3,200 metres Flemington and at, at least get closer to those horses, I'd imagine. Does it make you more confident in your early assessment or thoughts of the Melbourne Cup that there are now dwindling chances who can actually win the race? Have you put a pen through Francesco Guardi and a few others after the, their performances on Saturday? Well, history says they just don't win the Melbourne Cup off an average run. So if, if, show me the list of Melbourne Cup winners. When was the last horse to win it or even run really well in it coming off an average run? It just mm. doesn't happen anymore. So he, he was poor on Saturday. I know Vet had clear, 
but that's not the real Francesco Gardi we saw last year. Um, so back to the drawing board for them. But to answer your question, yeah, it does, um, because uh, for that very reason, that they just don't tend to bounce back and win our great race. The Geelong Cup on Wednesday, you probably haven't had a look at it, but the final field's just come through, will be the different set of form lines. And First Immortals, this emerging young stayer, and there's a few others that are going around that can try and win their way into a Melbourne Cup. Are they the horses that can become a true Melbourne Cup contender, or is there a bit of a chasm, do you think, between the A set, which we see in a Caulfield Cup, obviously Vobin, who we haven't seen uh, yet, the international favourite, and those that are trying to win their way in on lesser weights? Yeah, look, um, he he was he's an interesting one, first of all, because you think he's clearly was the best run in the race in, in the Bart Cummings. I know the leader kicked on him one well and held him on the line. But those sort of horses, I think, fit that exact same profile of place getter the last few years. Now, we spoke about second and third last year already with high emotion. Third with Emissary, I think, who um, was coming off a you know, Country Cups campaign. So a recent history says there's a window for them to be competitive in the race. They don't tend to win it, but they tend to run really well in it. Um, so that's where I think they're at. Those sort of horse future history was the other one. Um, even the year before, we touched on floating artists, and that was a proper year, given very elegant beat incentivised to world-class uh, athletes there. So, um, look... It's, it's just a world-class race now. So you can't go to the Olympics if you're an average athlete and win, <laughs> you know, and that's where it's at, our, our great race. All right, let's talk about Riff Rocket. Uh, are you forgiving because of the, the race shape, the speed, or were you disappointed that he had the whole entire straight uh, to run past sunsets and he couldn't do it? Well, um, yeah, what, do you, what did he spot him? Two lengths as, as they straightened and... He got within point one, um, so he certainly made ground on the horse. I'm disappointed he didn't win because, you know, I thought he was, uh, well, just unbeatable given he beat that horse what out of sight last start. But he came off a fast run race at Flemington, gets to Caulfield, and in a race where they're ten lengths below average, and it just doesn't advantage him, you know, um, given his his weapon uh, was that uh, strength and endurance off the good speed last time. And it brought the others back to him. That's the way I read it. Uh, you know, if we're lining uh, this race up with the next race, it was also over 2,000 metres for the three-year-old fillies. Uh, look at the uh, look at the difference there. Um, you know, some 15 lengths slower. So I think that's what beat him. And it just shows you, uh, again, uh, our great game and the, and the challenges for punters because, there's, you know, there's no such... There's so many variables in our sport. I'm not sure if you've been watching the staying three-year-olds overly closely. Is there another one outside of um, that race that we saw on Saturday that you're really waiting for to get to that 2,500 metres of the derby? Uh, yes. Uh, his, his name's Ravello. Uh, you're not really getting a massive edge at the moment in the future markets. So he's at $15, but he reminds me of Manzois. Um, of course, won the race at a, mm. at a big price. He just He's not really quickening at the short course races, but he's good late. That's what Manzois did, and um, he got to the 2,500 and was able to run down Sharp and Smart, who, who's no slouch. Look, he's not a good thing, but um, I think he's the one that um, is perhaps over the odds. But I, I, looked, I did have a think about having a play on him, but I thought 25, 30 to 1 would be a, a more realistic price. The other one's obviously Tom Kitten, who we'll see on Saturday in the, in the uh, spring champion. Yeah. Um, and he's been airborne. Yeah, it, it, look, it's hard to see him getting beaten in the spring champion. Then they've got to see if they want to back up yep. into a derby, which, of course, Manzois did, I think, last year, didn't he? Yep. Yeah, so, I think so. Yep. 
Um, just talking about the ethereal news this morning, Autumn Angel, who uh, almost raced herself into favouritism for the Oaks, they've decided to send her to the spelling paddock. They don't think she's, um, you know, robust enough to continue on with the Oaks, which means Tropical Squall, who set a fast tempo, is the $3 Oaks favourite now from Basilina, who ran on really well on Saturday. What did you make of both of them heading to an Oaks? Yeah, well, they're both uh, terrific from each end of the spectrum. Like uh, Tropical Squirrel was ridden. I know Gay Waterhouse uh, said pre-race, you know, she was just bolting, and uh, I love that. I love her confidence, and I think punters love to know that all the athletes are there to win. Um, that's the way I read it. But, she, look, she was ridden like she was a mile too good for them um, because she had 59... Uh, she led at uh, fast speed, six lengths above Group 3 average. Then they put the foot down before the turn. So, gee, you've got to be good, you know, to run all that time from the front, uh, to run along fast early, fast middle and fast late. You have to be exceptional. And with three kilos less, Autumn Angel, to her credit, was able to run her down. But I just think a more conservative approach might have been beneficial for her. Um, given not many of our rogue or incentivised. Uh, Basilina, excellent. Uh, relished that strong speed. Quick late, uh, 12.24, bettered only by the winner. Well, actually, they matched at 12.24. So, um, but that 127.2 first 1,400, as I say, was about 15-odd lengths quicker than the, the boys, the, the Riff Rocket race. Yeah, just um, <laughs> what a remarkable difference in sexuals. Uh, a few SMSs. Hey, Gator, Spanish mission the forgotten horse heading towards the cup. Solid run, uh, last solid last run, lighter in the weights and at near his best push, Stradivarius, and then placed out here. Yeah, look, I think that the second part of that com- uh, statement is, is really easy to like. If he runs to his career PB, um, he's right in the race and any Melbourne Cup we've probably had uh, in history. Um, of course, he ran so well in the race himself, um, but he, he wasn't at his best then. He still ran well, um, but he, he wasn't uh, right at his best, and I don't think we've seen him at his best since. Uh, look, he was solid. I think that's exactly the right word last time without raving. Um, so that's the shortened version. If he runs to his best, absolutely, I want him on my team, um, but I'm just questioning whether he's at that mark yet. Yeah, well, he, I think he ran third in one of the highest-rating Melbourne Cups. Yep. Very elegant incentivise. Uh, so... Yep. You know, it's pretty good form, isn't it? Uh, SMS here, which is wrong from a listener, very elegant, won her cup off an average run. Uh, well, no, she ran third in the mm. Cox Plate, the start price, yeah. so that's certainly not she an average a, run. Um, huge run. I felt Gold Trip was playing in last year's Caulfield Cup, super run this year, engrave his name on the cup today. Well, he did get <laughs> beaten ahead in the Caulfield Cup last year. Yeah. It wasn't that bad. <laughs> no, yeah, he, yeah, yeah so he, um, he was probably uh, the second or third best run, I'd say, in the Caulfield Cup last year. I think Montefilia was probably the best run in the race and, and unlucky. And as I say, you go to a different race, a, a hard track, fast speed, and she's found out, whereas he relished it because he's probably a better athlete. So, um, well, he is. Um, so, yeah, look, it, it's not easy, you know, to carry the weight and, and win a Melbourne Cup or a Caulfield Cup. And we spoke about it Thursday, Mick. Um, you know, it's one thing to say he's well-weighted, but it's another thing to go and carry it. Mm. It's a whole different thing. Physics is, is real. So... Um, he was good, but beaten. Did you think Spacewalk wasn't as genuine to the line or Duel just fought back unbelievably well? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I'd like to get him in a room with a, you know, with, <laughs> um, 
with a with a you know chairs or sit it in a circle. Three sixty. Uh, with a, with a, with a psychiatrist in the middle and ask him. Um, but he won't probably won't talk. But um, yeah, he certainly hit the front, didn't he? And to the duel's credit, you know, he showed that first up in Sydney. He was quite brave with sixty one. So he's got that will to win in him. It's a good trait. You know, I thought he was a, a really good bet in Sydney. They, of course, Jill accepted picked this race. Turns out it was the right one because he was able to hold on. Uh, the ride on Curvalante was absolutely brilliant. But from a thousand guineas point of view, is is she a filly you want to be following to the mile? Uh, Vivier hit the line well. Zorian was caught wide, ran well. Um, what was your ratings from a thousand guineas point of view? No, I think the races were trustworthy. Absolutely, those first three you mentioned were all very good. Obviously a brilliant ride, but that doesn't detract from the winner, um, the win, uh, given uh, she had 58 kilos. She was only second up, I think, in the prep. Um, she was still second quickest home at the end of the race, last 200, despite uh, sitting close to a solid and strong speed, nine lengths above average. They actually broke 47 seconds, first 800. So um, that's good going. Um, so those back off behind her had their chance to run her down. They couldn't. Vivier was very, very good, though, <laughs> 12.04, last mm. 200 zooming late and Zorian if you're three wide no cover on a fast speed it's not easy to do she had 58 kilos as well and she was terrific so all three of those runs excellent they actually had a bit of a margin on fourth that was Moesha and Inhibition so I think they've got them covered. Uh, Lempicker was uh, a great win in the last for Ken and Casey Kiggs was Viviana a little disappointing she hit the front and and just couldn't hold them off? Look she, she was beaten 0.3 of a length, so it's hard to say she's run poorly. But I knew we were in trouble the first half because she was over racing. And, and that's, that's the telltale sign that at the end of the prep. You know, she'd won five in a row. Um, on her rating set weights penalties, she was almost unbeatable. But the question mark was at run 11 in a prep of five straight wins, nothing can stay up forever. You know, I had to tip her because... You know, I'm just, I'm just, I'm not uh, just picking end of prep runs. You just can't do it. You know, but look, she ran really well. She tried her backside off. But um, the reality is she's run four to five lengths below what we saw last start, mm-hmm. you know. So if she runs to that, she wins that race by four or five lengths. That's the reality of it. Uh, SMS, Ethel Maud is the future's bet for the Oaks. Tick the 2000 off Broadway, Packenham Friday night. Pat Carey knows how to win the three-year-old classic. I did actually see that race, and she's certainly a, a filly that can stay. I wonder if she's got the class, uh, but these young up-and-coming three-year-olds can certainly be in the finish for these long-distance classics. Facts. That's absolutely right. And the last uh, decade tells you that. These are races, the Oaks and the Derby, that evolve really late, especially the Oaks. You know, we've got horses we've never heard of, um, mm. you know, in, on, you know, by mid-October that can win it. So uh, she fits the right profile. I haven't seen the race. You've got more time in your hands than me, Michael, clearly. But um, <laughs> she's, uh, she's, look, I'll be, I'll be obviously watching that race, you know, as we get closer because just because it evolves so late. Quick one. Um, I didn't study too closely Sydney on Saturday. Who was uh, a horse to follow out of the meeting? Um, Democracy Manifest looked like he was cutting his way through the field nicely. <laughs> Gee, it was great, wasn't it? It was a tough day to be a sweeper the second half of that car once the wind picked up. So um, he, uh, he was excellent. A lot to take out of the, uh, the meeting, of course. Um, but I'd say those that came back and wide and made ground at wider second half of the day, uh, ones you want to add merit to their runs, yep. Uh, any others for the Black Book that we haven't mentioned? 
Oh, look, uh, you always throw this one at me. Look, I'm, 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 and I'm never prepared, so yeah, I'm a slow learner. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, the, as I say, there's a lot to take out of it. A lot a lot uh, horses made the piggy file. Just horses like Madame Pomery probably should have won the race. You know, Alo was pretty messy. Mm. Uh, so she'll make the file. Course for concern was excellent. He measured up really well. Uh, we've obviously touched on the cup and a few other races. Um, even Willinger Beast, perhaps not worthy for something easier. So there's always a lot to take out of uh, big race meetings, Michael, and I think we should go to 15 races, and uh, that's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> Just for you, Gator. Uh, yeah, well, it. you're going to get uh, almost 15. You'll get more than that with the Mooney Valley doubleheader <laughs> Friday night into Saturday, and I'm looking forward uh, to your game plan on Thursday when we catch up for the big Cox Plate edition. Uh, we'll chat then, Gator. Can't wait. Thanks, mate. David Gately joining us there.